0: This program is presented by the MCTV Network, a service of the city of Midland, Michigan. This presentation coincides with programming on Midland Government Television, covering government affairs in the city of Midland.
1: The following presentation of the Midland City Council will begin in a moment. The Midland City Council is the city's legislative body that sets policies, approves budgets, determines tax rates, and adopts ordinances and resolutions to govern the city. It is made up of five elected officials that represent the wards in which they reside, and councilmen are elected to two-year terms. The mayor is elected from among the council members by vote of the city council. City council meetings are held at 7 p.m. two Mondays per month in council chambers at city hall. This presentation is provided by the MCTV Network, a service of the City of Midland. Replays of this meeting can be found on MGTV Channel 188 on Charter Spectrum, through Channel 99 on ATT Uverse, or on demand at www.cityofmidlandmi.gov. Select meetings are available on MCTV Network's Government Affairs Podcast channel.
2: Good evening, and welcome to the March 18th, 2019 meeting of City Council. We have with us this evening Troop 768 from St. Bridget's, and they'll be leading us in the Pledge of Allegiance this evening. So I ask that you all stand and please join I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice
3: for
2: all. all right. Thank you, gentlemen. So before we, oh, Selena, would you please call roll? Here. Here. Councilman Brown Wilhelm? Here. Councilman Wasbinski? Here. Councilman Arnaski? Okay, so before we do anything else, item number. Nine on your agenda has been pulled, so we will not be discussing that this evening. And um, is there anyone in council that has a conflict with anything that's on the agenda? No
4: Madam, no, Madam Mayor. Okay,
2: then with that, we'll move on to the consent agenda. All resolutions marked with an asterisk are considered to be routine and will be enacted by one motion. There'll be no separate consideration of these items unless a council member or citizen so requests during this discussion stage of the motion to adopt the consent agenda as indicated. If there is even a single request, the item will be removed from the consent agenda without further discussion and considered in its listed sequence in regular fashion. We have a motion to approve the consent agenda. So moved. Second. Second discussion. Anyone want an item removed from the consent agenda? Anyone from the public want an item removed from the consent agenda? all right then seeing none all in favor please say aye aye, aye opposed okay that passes Four zero. all right so this evening we have um, a few proclamations and a recognition and we'll start out with item number five which is a proclamation regarding the census and katie Geyer is going to introduce that for us
5: yes good evening so i have two proclamations for you this evening the first one comes from the midland area community foundation and it expresses support for the Great Lakes Bay Regional Census Hub, which is a part of the 2020 U.S. Census. And I have Sharon Mortensen here from the Community Foundation to tell you a little bit more about the Regional Hub and why that's important to our community.
2: Okay, very good. Thank you. Selena, would you please read the resolution? This resolution authorizes
5: the mayor to issue a proclamation acknowledging the importance of the Great Lakes Bay Regional Census Hub and affirming Council's support of this endeavor to assure a fair and accurate count in the region and the city.
2: We have a motion to accept the resolution. Second. Any discussion on that? All right, then, all in favor, please say aye. <laughs> aye. aye. Opposed? Okay, that passes 4 0. And Selena, would you please read the proclamation?
5: Whereas the Great Lakes Bay Regional Census Hub has been established to ensure a complete and accurate count of residents in the Great Lakes Bay Region, including the City of Midland, and whereas the U.S. Census determines federal funding to the County of Midland, including the City of Midland, including but not limited to Medicaid, Medicare, SNAP, WIC, free and reduced school lunches, Title I education, Section 8 housing, energy assistance, and roads and highways. And whereas Midland Area Community Foundation, along with its regional partners, Bay Area Community Foundation and Mount Pleasant Area Community Foundation and the Saginaw Community Foundation are supporting this work to coordinate with local, state, and federal officials on efforts to reach those individuals who are hardest to count. Now, therefore, we, the mayor and city council of the city of Midland, Michigan, do hereby acknowledge the importance of the Great Lakes Bay Regional Census Hub and affirm our support of this endeavor to assure a fair and accurate count in the region and the city.
2: Okay, thank you, Selena. I think Selena just said it. This is really something that's really very important. It has a huge impact on our region, and I appreciate you you know, bringing this to our attention and being here this evening. So will you put take a little bit of time and kind of walk us through the process because I think it's important for all of us on council to really understand the impact that the census has on all of us. Good, okay, thank you. Thank you.
3: Well, thank you, Mayor and City Council members. Appreciate your support of this. So I wanted to tell you just a bit about why we are involved. You might say, why is Midland Area Community Foundation along with your partners involved in what's the federal government function? So to give you a little background on that, we're part of something called the Be Counted Michigan 2020 campaign. The Council of Michigan Foundations actually called us and said, would you be willing to be a regional census hub and I said, uh, that's a federal government function, where do we fit into this? And they began to explain that there are some real concerns when it comes to this 2020 census and getting a complete and accurate count and how that could impact our community. So one of the first foundations in the state to support this was the Kellogg Foundation. They saw how important this would be and then certainly um, the regional partners that you heard in the resolution and then also Dow Chemical Company Foundation as a supporter of this work as well. But a variety of us are supporting this because we know if we do not get a full and complete count, then people will turn to philanthropy and really nonprofits to fill in the gap. And for each person not counted, they estimate $1,800 a year for the 10 years of the census. So that was the reason that we got involved in this. And there are some (coughs) unique challenges with the 2020 census. Um, We have an increasingly older population, more diverse, lower income with limited access to technology in some cases. This is going to be a largely online census. And so basically people will get a postcard asking them to go online and complete the census. And we know that's going to present some really unique challenges for many of our citizens here. And it's important that we get a a good count, a complete and accurate count. So um, the Census Bureau also is constrained by a 50% decrease in the offices that they'll have decreased funding, and they're scaling back door-to-door outreach. There's also an immigration status question that could be of concern to those who are immigrants, even though there are protections in place to ensure their privacy. But we think there could be a concern with that. And they estimate that a 1% undercount in Michigan could cost the state a billion dollars. So you see here on the chart what we estimate, federal funding at risk, uh, over each year. So for Midland County, it's $122 million a year, and that's based on not getting a complete count here in our community. And you've already heard some of the sources of, of, of um, funding that come to us based upon the census, so I know that was read, and certainly many of the, the programs that help to support individuals here as well as highways. But then when you look at um, where does it impact local government, and I think this is the important part for all of you to look at. There's an annual allocation across the country of $800 billion um, a year, obviously an annual allocation, but um, a year, and it it impacts the Community Development Block Grant, something that we're familiar with here. And you can see a list of a variety of other things that it impacts, Um, certainly transportation planning, our metropolitan planning organization we were able to get, and the funding that came with that based on the last census, emergency preparedness, disaster relief. Um, even characterization of built structures for zoning and permitting processes. And not only is it local government impacted, but a variety of stakeholders in our community universities rely upon census data, medical facilities, businesses and nonprofits, and utility companies. So it impacts both our local government and it impacts many of our major community stakeholders. So the goals of the Michigan Counts campaign, sorry, apparently it didn't translate real well (laughs) to the format here, but it's to mobilize nonprofits to assist communities um, in educating individuals about the importance of completing the census. It's to provide training and tools. It's to provide actually mini-grants to nonprofits that can assist in counting. So there may be nonprofits that are uniquely situated to reach out to our senior population, to our lower income population. So it's awarding mini-grants to them and to really leading local participation in this statewide effort around the census. So the mini-grant process, and we're just giving you a little bit of a preview of that, it's going to be a very simple process. We're going to encourage um, both nonprofits, governmental agencies, like some of our townships may choose to apply for these community groups that work with, again, hard-to-count populations, knowing that they're uniquely situated to reach those populations and to assist them in completing the census. We anticipate releasing RFPs early this summer and beginning to award these grants which would start. as people are gearing up toward 2020 through the middle of next year once we undertake the census. And what can you do as local leaders? You are really the most trusted level of government, so use this information to educate your constituents about this. Um, Social media channels that you may have, we ask that you would raise awareness of this, and particularly once we hit January of next year. But there will be quite a bit of groundwork going on between now and then as we work with some of our nonprofit partners, so to get the word out, newsletters that you may have meetings that you may have we do also we do have a city staff member that's been named to our census committee we have a local committee for midland county to help advise us on how we should move forward and to give us some ideas to make sure that we reach those hard to count populations but if a member of city council would like to be a part of that we certainly invite you to do that We anticipate that we'll have some sort of census day event or celebration, again to raise awareness of the importance of go online, complete the census, because we know there's going to be limited follow-up. And we believe with this new construction program that, again, our city staff member will help to make sure that we have that update done as part of that. This is a map that shows in the darker blue area, that's in the last census there was more than 10% not counted in this area and the way they calculate that is they look at how many housing units are in this area, they compare it against the census information that is completed and turned in. So there was an undercount last time in this area which encompasses quite a bit here you see in the city and we certainly believe that the same area and you know, I think potentially other areas as well are in danger of being undercounted so you can see that it really does hit across the city we do have someone that's helping to coordinate this effort for us we've hired a contractor chloe up who is working in all four counties and working with advisory committees in each of the four counties and talking with groups (coughs) around the communities. So she is helping us to coordinate this and her contact information is here in the slides. Certainly we at Midland Area Community Foundation are happy to answer any questions and I know she is our point person for this, is very happy to, to work with individuals. She is located at the Great Lakes Bay Regional Alliance offices in Freeland, which is a central spot for her as she works across the four counties. So that's a little bit of why this is important. And thank you for the time allowing me to share that with you. Are there any questions that you have for me or for the work that we're doing on the
2: census? No, I don't think so. But we appreciate the fact that you've taken the time. I think it might be something that you know we, don't, we know it happens. I don't know that we really realize the impact of it. So thank you for being here, Sharon, to share right. that with us. All so right, thank, thank you very you. much. All right, that takes us now down to item number six, which is a proclamation to do with equal pay, and Katie is here to introduce that also. As the second proclamation comes from the Midland Equal
5: Pay Coalition, and this proclamation would declare April 2nd, 2019 as equal pay day in the city of Midland to signify the day in which women's pay in America catches up to that of their male counterparts from the previous year. And I have Judy Donahue from the American Association of University Women here to accept the proclamation.
2: Okay, great, thank you. Selena, would you please read the resolution?
5: This resolution authorizes the mayor to issue a proclamation designating Tuesday, April 2nd, 2019 as Equal Pay Day in Midland to signify the time of the year in which the wages paid to American women catch up to the wages paid to American men from the previous year.
2: Do we have a motion to accept the resolution? So moved. Second. First and second, any discussion? All right, all in favor, please say aye. 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 Opposed? Okay, that passes 4-0. And Selena, would you please read the proclamation?
5: Whereas more than 50 years after the passage of the Equal Pay Act and Title VII of the Civil Rights Act, women and people of color continue to suffer the consequences of inequality pay differentials. And whereas according to statistics released in 2016 by the U.S. Census Bureau, year-round full-time working women in 2015 earned only 80% of the earnings of a year-round full-time working man, indicating little change or progress in pay equality. And whereas updates as of 2017 still show women's earnings at 80% that of men, and whereas the current population survey reports that full-time working women of Michigan earn 78% of full-time working men of Michigan, and whereas Fair Pay strengthens the security of families today and eases future retirement costs while enhancing the American economy, and whereas Tuesday, April 2nd, 2019 symbolizes the time of this year in which wages paid to American women catch up to the wages paid to men from the previous year. Now therefore we the Mayor and City Council of the City of Midland, Michigan do hereby proclaim Tuesday, April 2nd, 2019 as Equal Pay Day in the City of Midland to signify the time of year in which wages paid to American women catch up to wages paid to men from the previous year.
2: Thank you, thank you and your group for being here this evening. Please accept this proclamation, and um, if you would just say a a few words, we would appreciate that. Thank you very much. Thank you.
6: On behalf of the American Association of University Women of Midland, Zonta International Club of Midland, and the League of Women Voters of Midland, and all women, I thank the Midland City Council for its proclamation of April 2nd, 2019 as Midland's Equal Pay Day. I think you've heard a number of times, and I will repeat it again, women are not progressing very much. We are still at the 80 percent, this is very sad, of of a man's salary, and in other words we're paid 20 percent less. and it was pointed out too that the women of Michigan make even less. And it's some of the research groups are predicting it's going to take into 2,119 to reach equal pay. That's a hundred years from now. Too long. The Midland Equal Pay Coalition of American Association of University Women Midland and Zonta Midland continue to educate Um, their members about the pay gap. We have sent to our respective members a link to the American Association of University Women's website, WorkSmart, a free link to the workshop that is on negotiating salary and benefits. This helps women to learn how to do the actual uh, negotiating uh, for both the salaries and the benefits and we are asking those members to then pass it on to other women to help with the education. The Midland Coalition members Zonta Club of Midland, AAUW, which is American Association of University Women, but a little easier to say, and League of Women Voters of Midland, they contributed again this year to the Zonta Club's Midland billboard on Route 10 in Midland, coming into Midland. This billboard shows the $1 bill with 20% torn off, the gender wage gap. Women should be paid for the true value of their work. Everyone should be paid equally for the value of their work, but especially single mothers supporting a family. Thank you City Council for helping us educate the public on the gender wage gap. We must all work to make pay
2: equal. Thank you very much. Thank you for being here. All right, that takes us now to um, item number seven, which is another proclamation on Arbor Day. And Karen Murphy is here to tell us about that.
7: Thank you, Mayor Donker. The City of Midland has achieved Tree City USA recognition again for the 23rd year. Mm -hmm. Um, This is a program through the National Arbor Day Foundation in support of the USDA Forestry and the National Association of State Foresters. We have a couple of signs at um, various entrances to the city that indicate we are a Tree City USA. So Tree City USA recognizes communities that promote the importance and the preservation of trees. So there's several things we have to do to uh, achieve this recognition and maintain it. So annually, I submit a uh, application and I state that we do have a tree ordinance in place. We also have a forestry department. We spend well over $2 per capita on our tree program. And (laughs) don't shake your finger at me, Dave. (laughs) And then we we must also have an Arbor Day Proclamation and an event. So last year, in 2018, our Arbor Day event uh, spanned about two or three days because we found that visiting all the schools in one day was a little bit uh, (laughs) taxing on us. So the city partnered with Dow Gardens and the Chippewa Nature Center, and we visited Plymouth, Woodcrest, and Adams Elementary School. We had various stations set up for the fourth graders to cycle through. They got to see the climbing equipment on the left and how the uh, folks climb up the trees to prune them. They got to plant their own tree, and then they learned about history of Arbor Day and did some fun tree exercises. So this year, again, we're planning to partner with the Dow Gardens, and we'll go out to the various Midland Public Schools that are interested in having us, and we'll do that event again. So um, in order to get us there, we need to have a proclamation from the City Council recognizing the final Friday in April as Arbor Day in the City of Midland.
2: Thank you. Selena, would you please read the resolution?
5: This resolution authorizes the mayor to issue a proclamation designating April 26, 2019, as Arbor Day in Midland.
2: And we have a motion to accept the resolution.
7: So okay. move. Second.
2: Okay, first and second, any discussion? All right, all in favor, please say aye. 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 Opposed? <coughs> that passes for zero. And Selena, would you please read the proclamation?
5: Whereas the last Friday in April of each year is established as Arbor Day, and whereas trees are an increasingly vital resource in Michigan, which control erosion of soil from wind and water, and enhance recreational settings, provide habitat for wildlife, and offer cool shaded canopies for our city. And whereas trees in our city increase property values, enhance the economic vitality of business areas, and beautify our landscape, and whereas city staff will celebrate Arbor Day with a tree planting event in conjunction with a local service group, now therefore we the Mayor and City Council of the City of Midland, Michigan do hereby proclaim April 26, 2019 as Arbor Day in the City of Midland and encourage the citizens of Midland to celebrate Arbor Day and to support efforts to protect our trees and woodlands for future generations.
2: You've done what you needed to do to make this our day here, and I think that it's um, it, it really is important. Last year, um, Midland County did a housing study, and we had consultants from um, across the country who had come here, and I re- just remembered one of the things they said is, you guys have the most incredible tree can- canopy, and I think, you know, I don't know that I really think about that. I kind of take it for granted, so thank you for this and pointing that out, and thank you for the work that you do with the kids, and so they understand really how important that is. So. Thank you very much. Excellent. Thank you. Okay, that was our last proclamation, but now we have a recognition. And Mr. Mm -hmm. Keenan is here to tell us about that.
8: So this is a little unusual. Uh, We don't always get the opportunity to do these kind of things. The assessing department did something really cool. Uh, They basically responded to requirements that were put onto them recently by Treasury and performed really well. And the folks, um, I'm gonna introduce them later, but so Reed Duford, who's looking a little more relaxed and a little less shaven than when he was an employee, he was the retired city assessor and Caitlin Stevenson is the current city assessor. They really are the ones that that made all this happen. And so what we're talking about is the, excuse me, the audit of minimum assessment requirements. That's better. And so the State Tax Commission implemented the new audit of minimum assessment requirements, or AMAR, as you will hear us talk about, in 2015. Uh, They did so to determine if local units are meeting their minimum state assessing requirements, and they do this, this audit every five years Essentially they, they uh, analyzed the uh, local unit's assessing role uh, in the process. So in preparation of the AMR that we had uh, for the years of 2007 through 2012, the assessing department went through a, a city-wide revaluation. And basically what that meant is they inspected every parcel uh, to make sure that the, the information was accurate, to make sure that it was um, current with our property records, and then they updated all that information into an electronic system, so it could be accessed by the city website. And we have 19, over 19,000, over 19,000 parcels that were looked at during this process. So AMAR reviews are conducted on an an entire county basis, so when they they do it, they look at the entire county, um, and it's done by the state of Michigan. So Midland County and its local units underwent the AMAR review in 2018 the city was the only local unit to receive a perfect score on the review in Midland County. So that's why we're here, that's actually pretty cool. So the state tax commission acknowledged the city of Midland with a certificate of achievement on February 12th of 2019. And there's a a picture of it there. You also had one in your your agenda. So there's a resolution before you that commends the assessing department for their efforts uh, for receiving a perfect score on the 2018 Michigan State AMR review Uh, It requires a three-fifths vote for approval, and before you do that, if it's not totally out of line here, I would like to congratulate Kayla and Reed on their accomplishment. I think that's awesome. They have nothing to say. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm done, so
2: would you please read the resolution?
5: This resolution recognizes and commends the assessing department for their outstanding achievement of receiving a perfect score on the 2018 audit of minimum assessing requirements review conducted by the Michigan State Tax
2: Commission. Okay, can we have a motion to accept the resolution? So moved. Second. Okay, we have a first and second. Any discussion on this? It's exciting. Yeah, that's good news. It is good news. All right, let's vote. All in favor, please say aye. 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 Opposed? Okay, that passes for 0 So we're not done yet. I think we should say, you know, I mean, <laughs> I mean this is really very exciting. It is. I, I don't, I, as I said, you know, we take our treats for granted. I think we take our staff for granted sometimes and the importance of the work that they do and how much that it really entails. And I think that you should be very proud of yourselves. We are very proud of you. Uh, because I think that says to everyone in this community how our staff takes seriously their work and how, and by you taking it seriously, it really is how we serve the broader community. So thank you for that. Um, we're very grateful because, you know, you've set, you've set a standard for us to to keep up and that's really, you know, very important. So we truly appreciate both of your work and Reed, congratulations on your retirement. I guess you, you got this award and then you took off. <laughs> you know? But we have Kayla, and we're glad and and we're glad staff. to have her. And her staff. And her staff, and, and the whole staff. I did, didn't mean to just limit it to the two of you, So because it does take a team. So congratulations, and thank you very much for the wonderful work that you do. We appreciate it. Hey, one more time for <laughs> right. you. Now you can go. <laughs> <laughs> Um, So that takes us now to public comment. This is an opportunity for people to address council on issues that are relevant to council business, but not on the agenda. Is there any um, public comment this evening? Okay, then seeing none, we'll move on to item number 10, which is um, about uh, keep America beautiful. And Karen Murphy is here to
7: tell us about that. all the fun stuff this (laughs) evening. So Um, so Keep America Beautiful is a nationally recognized nonprofit organization. Their mission is to inspire and educate people to take action every day to improve and beautify their community environment. So they have three key impact goals, um, to end littering, to improve recycling, and to beautify uh, communities. So the city was approached in 2017 um, about becoming a Keep America Beautiful affiliate and I I realize it's now 2019, but uh, my staff and I did a lot of research on what this would involve, how much time it would take on the staff's part, what we would need to ask of our community partners, and so we really have a good feel for what this program is and what it would bring to us. Um, We feel like this program is in line with recent efforts in our community. In 2016, we put effort into being recognized under the American Bloom Program uh, for beautification and for these other efforts. Um, of you know litter control and, and whatnot, And we also have received Keep Michigan Beautiful awards in 2016. And as you may guess, Keep Michigan Beautiful is an affiliate of Keep America Beautiful. So we, we know we have excellent programs in place that support all three of these key goals, end littering, improve recycling, and beautify our community. As an affiliate, we would be able to share our successes with over 600 other affiliates nationwide and we'd be able to promote our efforts under the um, banner of Keep America Beautiful. Uh, Some of you might be familiar with the Great American Cleanup that happens around the nation. That is a Keep America Beautiful program. So if we were to do an event during their their campaign, we could use that and and bring recognition to our efforts. Uh, We could learn new program ideas from those over 600 affiliates across the nation. And then we can also apply for grants, uh, various organizations organizations in our community would be eligible for Keep America Beautiful grants to help support programs that align with those three key goals. So as an affiliate, what would we have to do? We would need to create a board of uh, community members to support the effort. We would need to meet about twice a year, so not a huge commitment there. Uh, We would have to report our program efforts back to Keep America Beautiful. They have a very nice website portal where you go in and you enter volunteer hours under various programs that support their three key goals and they have a cost benefit um, analysis that they run for you. Um, We would attend the annual Keep America Beautiful training conference. We would perform an annual litter index and we would complete their annual reporting. So it's, it's not a huge amount of work on our part and we think the benefits outweigh the amount of effort that we would put into it. Our staff, we have a key group of four staff members, myself, the assistant director for public services a recreation manager and our horticulturist. The four of us would be uh, like the executive team on that board and then community organizations would feed us the information that we would then turn around and, and reflect to Keep America Beautiful. So the Dow Chemical Company is very interested in having affiliate here in Midland and so they have given Keep America Beautiful some funding to start us off. Uh, they will be covering the initial joining fee Uh, They covered the cost for a staff member to go to the annual training in February so we could get a really good feel for what the program involved. And then there is some money left to continue supporting ongoing costs for a few years. So this would be really, the City of Midland would hold the affiliate, would host it, and we would keep it running, but it really is a community-wide effort and a commitment that the community would would need to make. So in order to move forward with um, becoming an affiliate, we would become Keep Midland Beautiful, We would need support for the formation of that affiliation. So city council would, if if they choose to approve the resolution tonight, that would be the support that we need to become an affiliate. And then city council would need to give my staff permission to form that board of volunteers from community organizations who support those key three goals of Keep America Beautiful. Again, the board only meets twice a year. We gather information from their existing programs in terms of reducing litter, recycling efforts and community beautification. So the Parks and Recreation Commission unanimously recommended at their March meeting that City Council support a Keep Midland Beautiful affiliate. And the resolution before you tonight would approve the affiliate formation and it would allow myself and my staff to gather up the (coughs) the community representatives that would then oversee the the effort with us.
2: Okay, are there any questions? Okay, Okay. great, I think we're all set. Any comments from the public? All right, then, Selina, Cel- would you please read the resolution?
5: This resolution authorizes staff to establish Midland as a Keep America Beautiful affiliate and, and affiliate and authorizes the formation of a community board to support the affiliation's efforts.
2: Okay, can we have a motion to accept the resolution? So move. Second. Okay, first and second, discussion.
4: One of the things I wanted to point out is something she stated at the beginning. She said that in order to participate, they actually thought it out, find out if it basically benefited the city and the community. And that's something that they do with all the stuff that they work with and everything. So I really do appreciate that. I mean, all the different staff members do that, or different departments do that. And I appreciate that. I mean, you, you could, there's so many things out there that we could be city of clowns or city <laughs> of, yeah. That's um, me. Right. <laughs> so just an appreciation of that also. And exciting that you're it this. is. are doing
2: I I've, Karen mentioned, you know, the benefits of this, and I think there's, you know, there's a few as I was listening to her talk about it. You know, it certainly it sets a standard, and it says that we're going to meet this standard. Um, it also says mm-hmm. that it's a way for us to get some additional resources to do the things that we want to do, which is, I think, really important. Um, I think it also helps us get the word out about our community, which is also really very important, and I think just like you said it is not. It comes with work, and so they have to manage. Is the benefit is you know is there the cost benefit of that? But it's also um, you know it's also a community wide effort, which I I think you know you you mentioned there, which was really you know I guess you know it's very it's, it's really very important, and especially when you you know there's studies that have been done that show that aesthetics is one of the major attractors of people to a place to live. So. Uh, It's how we have to create our beauty here, and this just shows the effort that, you know, we're putting in to, you know, work to make that happen. So um, we know that there's work attached to this. So I want to say thank you to you and your team for, you know, putting in the effort to make the choice and then saying, okay, we've made the choice and we'll live with that choice now too, because we know it's more work for you. So thanks, because we will all benefit from that. So ready to to vote? All right, all in favor, please say aye. 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 Opposed? All right, that passes 4-0. Okay, that takes us um, down to item number 17, which has to do with um, our storm and sanitary sewer system. I can say that now. (laughs) (laughs) Pipes. Pipes. (laughs) Mr. Silva.
0: All right. Good evening, Mayor and City Council. As soon as I get my Present. presentation to go. It
2: is not coming up.
5: John? It's not pulling up from here. Load manually from the T
6: drive. Yeah.
2: It just, you know, makes us more excited to to hear this.
4: It's, it's just T-
2: okay.
0: That'll work. That'll work. Let's click that. So, this evening I'll be uh, presenting the uh, Sanitary Sewer Pipeline Asset Characterization or Assessment uh, Request. Uh, if you recall, October 2017, the joint venture team of Orchard, Hilt, and McClemet, uh OHM and Hubble Roth and Clark HRC were hired to evaluate the city's storm and wastewater collection systems. And on September, the consultant's final report and recommendations were presented to City Council. Uh, The recommendations included a long-range capital improvement plan with a combined estimated spending of $118 million. Staff recommendations followed uh, October 24th. Uh, That presentation included city staff recommendations to address the deficiencies in each of the storm and sanitary sewer systems over the next five years. Staff recommended a focus on making our our current systems more efficient in the short term, before engaging in costly long-term uh, capital improvements. It is believed that this approach will minimize the chance of taking an unnecessary system ma- making unnecessary system improvements uh, and could significantly reduce the long-term cost of improving and operating those, a- those systems. One component of the staff recommendations included an asset characterization or assessment of the city's gravity sanitary sewer system. Uh, we estimated at the time about $2 million to be paid in five annual payments. Now, we didn't have $2 million that we could, we could spend, spend in one chunk, so we wanted to spread it out. Um, and that would uh, assess the condition of over a, a million feet of sewer main pipes and approximately 3,900 manholes uh, using an array of robotic multi-sensor inter- inspection devices to provide a standardized pipe condition scoring system. Another component on the storm system side uh, was a recommendation uh, to inspect 2500 feet of storm sewer that runs through the Midland County fairground site. This area is known as the Jacobs Drain and was identified as a priority one area needing additional inspection. The Jacob Jacob Drain inspection and assessment will be combined with the Gravity Sewer Asset Characterization Project. Uh, We received the bids on February 26th, Uh, the low bid provided by Red Zone Robotics Incorporated of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania uh, totaled $2,057,150 and you can see it's broken out the gravity portion of it is the majority of that with the Jacob strain coming in with $7,500 to do that portion. Uh, Tonight's action would be to accept the low bid of $2,057,150 and authorize the purchase order in a, purchase orders to be paid in five annual installments of $411,430 and to provide pipeline condition assessment, documentation, inspection results for gravity sewer system, sewers and a small segment of the Jacob strain. Um, this evening we have with us uh, representative from Red Zone, Tim Grabe. He will be uh, presenting tonight as well, just after this. Um, Kip Kazuski of HESCO, he's a local Red Zone representative. We have uh, our city's engineering consultant from Moore and Brzezink, and city's uh, wastewater superintendent, Patrick Frizee. So we'll bring uh, Tim up and he'll go through. I think you'll be uh, enlightened with what he's able to provide you tonight. Right. There's a All right.
9: Thank you, Joe. Honorable Mayor and Council, thank you so much for your time this evening. Also, I would like to thank uh, Patrick, Brian, and Kip for their assistance of getting me here tonight. Um, so with that, hopefully, uh, I always joke that I always come in and talk to municipalities, and I always hear about the beautification. And very rarely do you ever hear about them talking about the asset characterization of the pipes under the street. So I'm glad tonight to be here when you're talking about both. So Red Zone Robotics started back in 1987, and I'm not gonna read through every single slide, but to touch on it, uh, our experiences, we've gone through over 71 million feet of pipe all over the world in over 500 inspection cities with the various robots. Starting with the one in the back is where the company started, which is our responder. That was actually recently utilized on the uh, Fraser sinkhole. Then the middle set of assets are what we call our profiling units, and the front are autonomous robots called the solar robots.
2: Can I just ask a question uh-huh. before we move on? Like how big are those really?
9: How big are they? Yeah. So we'll go through, I'm gonna actually go through each individual asset here in a second. So they range from this big to as big as I am. Okay, Thanks. Are we
4: gonna have the combination of all? Yes you will, passes? yep.
9: So uh, we will be doing a comprehensive overview of your entire system utilizing all of the assets. So we'll be inspecting pipes from six inches all the way up to your biggest pipe, utilizing the appropriate asset based on the information that you guys are trying to gather and that we'll provide for you. And the reason being is we all know that pipes fail and the reasons they do fail um, are outlined up here. But what we're able to do with our multi-sensor inspection platforms is actually show you a laser profile above the water flow, a sonar profile below the water flow, encompassed with a CCTV image. So not only do you get a visual picture, but you get a quantifiable measurement of actually what is going on in the pipes. So this, uh, Mayor, this is what's going to answer your question of what size the pipe and what size of the robot. So we first start off again as the 8, 10, and 12-inch pipe. This is the solo unmanned autonomous robot. And as Joe had mentioned, uh, we're going to be inspecting over a million linear feet of pipe in your system. Um, Most municipalities, if they have their own equipment, that would take them anywhere between 10 to 20 years to gather that. We're going to do this in 18 months. And this is one of the primary reasons that we're able to do this, um, is the throughput of the solo robot gets about three to five times what a conventional camera does. And instead of sitting with a ice cream truck CCTV camera in the middle of the street blocking traffic, these get put into the pipes, released, gather data, come back, and then we do all the coding in our office back in Pittsburgh. So it's much more efficient. Then we get into our profiling systems. This is going to be focusing on your pipes that are 21 inches up to 33 inches. Again, giving you a laser, sonar, and CCTV. This will be a floated platform. This is a sonar, so if we come into a fully surcharged pipe, we'll be able to give you a laser, or excuse me, a sonar quantification of the debris in the pipe. The Big Brother, this is the HD profiler. This will focus on 36 inch up to 120 as its capabilities. You guys don't have that big of a pipe, but we will use this if the flows are uh, predominant in the pipe 50%. Uh, and then we'll get a uh, profile that way. And then if we need to, um, if there is no flow in the pipe, we'll use our big, and this is the responding unit, this is an 800 pound um, gorilla that we actually use in major um, metropolitan pipes all over the world. The unique thing about this one though is it gives you a 3D lidar which is a 2D laser. So if you have to do any sort of um, uh, premium engineering reports uh, and the help with Brian uh, and his team, that's the uh, asset that we'll use for that. So again, the Solo robot, this is its actual size. Again, the top picture there is what is equivalent to one CCTV truck. So you get four robots and one Toughbook computer. And you see below, there's a support bar put into the manhole, and the robots are put in, uh, drop down into the robot, and then on the Toughbook computer, it hits launch. Depending on how many connections that come into it, a conventional CCTV camera, assuming you had five manholes, you would set up on the furthest one upstream, you would traverse down to the second manhole then go do a second setup and so forth and so on. So you'd have five setups in ours. We're going to go into manhole number two release one downstream and one upstream, close that manhole, leapfrog the second manhole and go to the third and release one upstream and downstream. So we're only opening two out of the five manholes that we actually uh, would normally do. And again, that's where we get our throughput and have the efficiencies unlike a conventional camera. Again, it's very portable. Um, so if there's any easement work or things of that nature, um, we'll be able to get that. So we're not going to be tearing up any um, anybody's yard or anything like that. We're going to be able to carry the cameras back, drop them in the hole, and do the inspection uh, without interrupting uh, anybody's family picnics or anything like that. We're going to be able to just drop them in and get out of there, and you'll never know we were there. One of the unique things that um, and why this program is so beneficial is... Uh, The industry prior to 2014 said that you always had to go through and clean first and then inspect. And we actually took a uh, snapshot of the pipes that we've done here in Michigan and uh, extrapolated out over 2 million feet. And we wanted to find out do we actually follow the new NASCO standard, which is actually inspect to clean. And we found that in looking at the 2 million feet of pipe that 75% required no cleaning. 25% of the time uh, something was required. And as you can see there in the pie graph, 15% was root cutting, 7% was jetting and 3% was both. So when you're looking at a million feet of pipe and we're able to save you 75% of that in cleaning costs, assuming somewhere between a dollar and $2 a foot, that is significant dollar savings that the city of Midland is going to encounter.
4: What is jetting?
9: Jetting is a high powered uh, velocity nozzle that goes through and cleans the pipe. So now we've talked about the small pipe, and now we're gonna get into the advanced pipeline assessment for the MSI platforms, uh, which again, will deal with pipes 21 inches and larger, giving you the three um, qualifications. Again, laser above the water flow, sonar below the water flow. And I'm sure Joe didn't tell you, council, that you all had to take a test this evening. (laughs) So this is why this is an important um, piece. um, what you have there is two different pictures of pipes, roughly the same age and the same size, both showing surface aggregate. And what the staff and the engineers will have to do from this, if they were only utilizing CCTV image, is determine, based on those two images, what is the, which one is worse, what is the remaining useful life, and what is the risk of failure. But what you get from red zone is actually a depiction of actually what's going on in the pipe. So we're actually able to uh, measure the corrosion. And in pipe A, um, you'll see the faint green line inside the thick blue line. That is the original idea of the pipe. As you look in pipe B, you can see where that blue line uh, significantly moves out to the left, continues on up through the pipe. So it's actually a laser measurement and a quantification of what is going on there. And what you see in the two graphs below each um, profile is those are each individual cross-section of the pipe that we collect stitch together a 3D model. We cut it at six o'clock and open it up so you're actually able to see the crown of the pipe is right at the top there and the red, yellow, and orange. Uh, so there's significant wall loss in the top pipe. There's very limited wall loss, but you do have much more sedimentation. And what you see there in pipe A, it actually says pipe A, pipe A, it should be pipe B is the bottom one. Um, you avert the imminent risk and are able to actually save roughly a million dollars in failure because you've done the work, so you don't have an incident like you had in Fraser, Michigan. Hmm. So again, these are some more of the deliverables that we will provide the staff and the engineer. Um, We will also get samples to them so they can see, they've obviously seen them prior to this, but this is just some more depiction of not just getting a thumb drive and a DVD and saying, here's your system. We actually quantify all of this give them the information and graphs and pictures, and then more importantly, once we have all this information, we put it into our asset management platform called ICOM3. This is a software um, developed by Redzone, and the nice thing is is it works with all of the other large EAMs that are out there um, and CMMSs, um, but it can also operate as a standalone platform. So what we're able to do here is actually take that NASCO industry standard that Joe talked about, PACP, which is Pipeline Assessment Certification, as well as MACP, Manhole Assessment Certification, and we quantify those following the industry standards and rate your pipes and manholes on a scoring system one through five. We then put that, we ask for a mapping of your system in a GIS platform, um, and we consume that information, create a map layer to your GIS that is now interworkable with the staff, that they're able to actually go in, click on a specific pipe, Get its category scoring as well as see the video and then do work order managements and things of that against it. So the information um, that most municipalities that we talk to, they have paper maps. They have institutionalized knowledge in staff's head. They have varying other pieces of data. But it's not all in one central location. So what we're able to do is take all that information, put it into a central system of centralized system of record, which is ICOM 3, and allow everybody on staff to use it one license unlimited users so not only can staff view it council if you're interested to see it we can give you guys um, logins and passwords we could also give it to uh, the engineering consultants that uh, will be working on this project Here are some of the information that we're able to depict and you're going to see out of this is again as we talked about the defect coding but the two tops um, pictures are actually what we call our board reports I do appreciate the time that you guys have given me this evening. If I gave you my full presentation that I've given to staff in the past, I would have needed to brought coffee to keep you all awake. <laughs> so that top, that top two pictures is what we call our board slide. This, you guys will be able to get a quick um, synopsis as we're progressing through your system, um, assuming the resolution passes, that we will be able to show you guys exactly where you're at and what the condition of your system is as we start going through and doing the investigations then what we're able to do is once those uh, videos are stored in ICOM, we're actually able to depict and show you relative to um, the street and the properties where those defects are actually occurring in the pipe. Um, So that one down below shows um, the defects as it relates to structural defects. That's a crack in the pipe. Um, And then it will show you layering on that. We can also bring in aerial imagery and uh, any other layer that you want to see in the map. But uh, what you have down in the bottom is actually a specific snapshot. The pipe graph is on the left and that's the specific location where we're at in the pipe that's showing the crack and then we're actually able to um, parse that out and show it on the map relative to uh, the property that that would be associated with and then this is um, my first yes um, client um, that we just finished with them um, he just finished his last payment and there's a lot of words here but it was a city engineer at east moline illinois And they went into this study with us. And when they looked at it, they were having, uh, they have about a 12 MGD plant. When they would have high rain events, they would get up to 24, 25 MGD on a daily basis. (coughs) They're right along the Mississippi River. Mm -hmm. They got our information. They analyzed it. Since then, they've done about 17 uh, miles of lining, attacking the most critical pipelines first based on the PACP coding. And they've been able to drive out 40% INI in their system based on the information that we were giving back to them. And as Tim Kamler says in the bottom quote, the data would have taken them 15 years to gather. We provided to them in 12 months. Um, and now they've been able to actually drive costs back out of their system and provide a better overall collection system to their clients. And ultimately, what the Red Zone Yes proposal does um, is helps council and staff spend those limited capital dollars and OM dollars the best way possible by giving them a clear picture of the condition of the system. So with that, if you have any questions, I'm open to them. Again, I appreciate your time, appreciate the support of staff, the engineer, and HESCO. Honorable Mayor and Council, thank you for the time.
2: So any questions? When did we get our log on?
9: No.
8: <laughs> <laughs> cool. That's pretty cool. That's very cool stuff. Thank but, you very much, yeah, appreciate it.
2: It's very exciting um, for us, and I'm sure community members who were impacted by the flood will be uh, very Sounds excited good. by it also. Thank you very and,
9: much. Thank
0: so I guess it's uh, action time, and uh, we—he was Tim wasn't able to go through all the benefits to us, but there are there are other benefits that, that, that are going to help us shore up our GIS, um, identify some pipes that we don't know about, identify uh, uh, connections to our sanitary from storm that we don't know about. Uh, so there's a lot of lot of hidden things uh, other than just the. Uh, what's inside these pipes. So
4: So our current GIS system as it is will show all the pipes or is there something different that needs to be done to be able to use it?
0: It, Theoretically it it is supposed to be showing all of our pipes but when we uh, enacted uh, the GIS, I don't know, a number of years ago uh, that's all looking at prints as built, prints doing some field work so it's real easy not being able to get into every single pipe uh, to not know what's really there. Um, we, we have seen on occasion as-builts that don't actually match uh, what's in the ground, but we don't discover that until later when we're, when we're looking at a project or whatnot. So this is really gonna confirm uh, everything that's correct and also um, tell us what, what isn't correct. And then that will make our, our model that, we've, uh, that we worked on over the past year with uh, HRC and OHM, uh, that'll, that'll make that more robust, it'll be more accurate.
2: Okay, I have a Jacob drain, Jacob's drain question. Okay. Does that belong to the county? Is that a county drain or is that a city drain?
0: Uh, it is uh, jurisdiction wise, um, the, drain, the county drain commissioner would be tasked to have it cleaned, mm-hmm. um, but then spread those costs out to all those that, that drain into it. So that could be, you know, the mall area, every parcel that 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 drains into it. But it is a city parcel. It is on city property.
2: Thanks for that. Any other questions? Okay, thank you very much. Any comments from the public? Seeing none, Selena, would you please read the resolution?
5: This resolution accepts the low bid of $2,057,150 and authorizes a purchase order in the amount of $2,057,150 to be paid in five annual installments of $411,430 to Red Zone Robotics Incorporated of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania to provide. Pipeline condition assessment documentation and inspection results for gravity sanitary sewers and small segments of the Jacobs drain in accord with section 2-18 of the Code of Ordinances for the City of Midland and further authorizes the city manager to approve changes modifying the purchase order in an aggregate amount not to exceed $100,000. All
2: right, can we have a motion to accept the resolution? So.
4: So. Go ahead. (laughs) <laughs> Some more. Second. Okay. First
2: and second. Discussion.
4: Overall, it's, um, you know, it looks great. Um, the one thing I really do appreciate, too, is that we're going to be able to use this in the future also. So once we get the inventory and everything done, we can actually use this program um, for where there's changes and if we have issues of any sort. So I think that's very important. I think it'd be good also to get occasional updates instead of waiting until the 18 months and say, here we are, so, is that good? <laughs> it, it,
2: it was very nice to, to see it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think, I, I had, I didn't get it. Let me just put it that way. I really didn't understand what this was gonna mean, what this was gonna do, how this was gonna help us. I don't know what you do if you lose one of those robots in there, how do you get it back, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it was very nice to see it because it made it real. Mm-hmm. It made it real and so now we're ready. To, I mean, in a, in a minute, I think we'll be about ready to start and I think everybody in the community will be ready hmm. for us to start also. So any other comments? All right then, all in favor, please say aye. 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 Opposed? Okay, that passes four to zero. Thank you very much, thanks for coming, we appreciate that. Okay, that takes us down to new business. Any new business,
8: Mr. Um, Keenan? No, just a reminder that the next council meeting, uh, you will actually be getting the city budget. So just when you thought it was safe, <laughs> we're back. All
2: right, April so, 8th. That's right. Okay, any comments, any new business from anyone else? Okay, then seeing none, I believe we're adjourned. Okay, thank you very much.
0: This program is presented by the MCTV Network, a service of the city of Midland, Michigan. This presentation coincides with programming on Midland Government Television, covering government affairs in the city of Midland.